Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 34 of the JMAC Tries podcast. This is my conversation with photographer and videographer Talbot Cox. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show dedicated to bringing you conversations of motivation and positivity with badass triathletes. As always, I'm your host, Jason, aka JMac. And today you're in for a special treat. First off, I'm fighting a cold, so uh, my intro is going to be shorter than normal. But more importantly, I got an amazing guest on my show today. It's Talbot Cox, and uh, this is Kona Week. And if you're following Kona, you're following Talbot on Instagram and seeing all the epic photo shoots that he's doing with all these triathletes that are out there on the big island, ready to crush it in a week and a half. And uh, I'm really excited to bring Talbot on my show. It took me a while to track him down because this guy is always moving. He's never home. Uh, In fact, doesn't really have much of a permanent residence. He just follows the triathletes wherever they go. And uh, this is more of a conversation about following your passion, following your dreams, and doing what you love. And Talbot's going to be the first to tell you that he's not a photographer, not a videographer. But if you watch any of his videos on YouTube, he uh, does work for Lionel, for Gwen, for Tim and Rennie, and their stuff is epic. So basically 90% of the pictures, I think, on social have Talbot's uh, tag on there. So he is out there, he's everywhere, and he does this on his own dime. He basically started his business from nothing with just a camera and a dream and uh, channeling his inner Gary V and Casey Neistat to get where he is today. So great conversation with Talbot. We dug in a little deeper and talked a lot less about photography and videography and more about being an entrepreneur and what it takes to get these epic shots and more importantly what it get what it what it takes to get these triathletes to trust him and uh use his pictures so fun conversation with talbot you know how to find him he's all over instagram he's at talbot cox his website is talbotcox.com Give, a, give this episode a listen. When you do, make sure you follow me on Instagram at jmac underscore tries for more cool content. So without further ado, my conversation with Talbot Cox. Jay, how you doing? Talbot, what's up, man? Oh, not a lot. Just a uh, <laughs> busy day for me. <laughs> and uh, I truly appreciate you squeezing in some time for me because you were just kind of telling me what's going on. And it sounds like it's just a freaking whirlwind over where you are. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. I uh, just got back from about a month and a half world tour started with uh, heading up to Canada to see Lionel and then over to South Africa for 70.3 worlds and then to Portland with Gwen and then to Kansas with uh, Tim and Rennie and just got back here last night. I got a pack up my apartment, move everything out of my apartment, and then pack up for Kona for a month as well, and then fly out tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. to Augusta 70.3. So pretty pretty busy. <laughs> so where you're out in Boulder or Colorado? Uh, yeah, Boulder, Boulder area. Uh, you are Boulder. Kind of where I, this is where I kind of base myself uh, during the summer, during the heat of the moment with all the athletes, and then I go back to home during the winter when things kind of slow down. And Oklahoma is where your roots are from. That's right. That's right. 
So you literally live out of a out of a suitcase. <laughs> I pretty much do live out of a suitcase. Yes, I actually I didn't even unpack that suitcase, uh, but I'm, I will add a bit more to an additional suitcase for Kona. I usually keep all, everything in there, so I, I know I can trust. I usually wash it all before I head to my next adventure, and then so it's all good and ready to go. <laughs> cool. I want to spend some time on Kona, but before we get to that, let's kind of go back. Um, just quickly, uh, you know, you mentioned who you were chatting with and I've been following you on social and watching that. How do you kind of decide who you're going to spend some time with? I mean, are they your major clients like Gwen and Lionel and uh, Tim and Rennie? Yeah. So essentially, I started my my own kind of YouTube series. And the idea and goal was to do individual videos with individual athletes. And uh, and it kind of after trial and error and, and things came to tuition, it's just like, I figured it would be best if I just launched a YouTube channel with Gwen Jorgensen um, and chatted with her, actually kind of pitched them the idea at Island House last year. And then that kind of evolved. And then I also chatted with Tim and Rennie and then that kind of evolved. And then lastly, we added about a month ago was Lionel. So now they are kind of my three main clients and we've launched YouTube accounts on kind of all three of their ends um, under their names. And then I kind of just run the social side of it. And so, Yeah. Uh, okay, you know, it's funny because I follow all three of them and I've watched it. So just, you know, correct me if I go down the wrong path, but so it's their YouTube channel, but you're the one that's actually doing the videography and production of it. That's correct. Yeah. So they, they fly me out for a short time each month and I'm able to capture all the content I need to edit and post on their behalf on, on their channel. Uh, okay, cool, cool. And, um, so I think, so was Gwen like one of the first ones that really kind of put you on the map as far as the YouTube is concerned? You know, what, what really put me on the map was kind of, um, and build my, uh, I guess you'd say accountability would have been last year in Kona. Um, I did a few, t I did two sample videos with, Gwen, uh, with Jeannie Seymour and Tim O'Donnell leading into Kona. And I kind of had like an idea of what I wanted to do in Kona. And it was kind of this 24-hour day in the life of athletes in Kona last year. And so it was called the Kona Series. And so I went into Hawaii last year with one athlete planned, Lionel Sanders. And uh, uh, he gave me a shot. And then I kind of just took it and run, ran with it. And then by the end of uh, Kona, I had covered pretty much all the top athletes outside of uh, Jan Ferdino uh, with Daniela Riff, Patrick Lang, Lucy Charles, uh, Luke McKenzie. I mean, the list goes on. And I basically did a day in life of series with all of them. And, uh, and those were just kind of exploding. And my, my Instagram account went from like uh, 2,500 followers, I think to like 15,000 in uh, I think a two week period. So that, that's what kind of put me on the map. And I guess in regards to YouTube. That's so funny. Cause you know, I was doing some prep work on our conversation. I, I basically cyber stalk people go through Instagram and I'm looking at like, I go back a couple of years just to kind of see what, what goes on in people's lives if they if i could figure it out and i'm like you had you know like 50 likes 20 likes 100 <laughs> likes um you came in third in an iron man you got like 150 <laughs> likes um, and then all of a sudden it's like five thousand, and i'm like holy shit what happened <laughs> yeah it was it was pretty much that 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 kind okay. of just uh exploded and uh, kind of put me on map i guess in being a social media influencer slash content creator for the professional triathlon field <laughs> and was this something you set out to do um a year ago i guess it's a year ago right if it was kona last year so it's just a year yeah yeah exactly so um you know it's 
doing videos has always been something I really enjoyed. When I was a kid, uh, there, there was that show Jack A that everyone would watch. <laughs> and me and my brothers, we would literally get like a, a camera and we would like go to the local grocery store and we would get inside the, the shopping cart. We'd push into a curb and fly out and we'd just record these crazy stunt videos. And it was something that just like, I loved being behind a camera. I mean, I, I found joy in entertainment and making people laugh. But then again, I, I had the passion for triathlon. Um, so I was trying to figure out what I was going to do when I was like 16 years old. I somehow came up with starting this triathlon team. So I started that and it grew to about 30 kids. And, and I enjoyed so much watching the kids perform and the, the happiness in their parents' eyes. Like that's what like brought me joy. And it was yeah. like, I was happier doing that than racing myself. And I found like more passion and more joy and like everyone being like, Oh my gosh, Zane Miller did so good. And then, so I was like, well, what do I do to do that, to continue that? But then I figured out there's no money in that. So right. it kind of just like hit the ground, crash and burn. Um, and I ended up selling my team to a local pro and, and he took that under his wings. And I went to a software development school. I'd end up not going to college. I went to a software development school. Long story short, short, learned how to be a software developer and then basically moved out to Boulder, Colorado for the school and then fell in love with kind of just taking pictures and creating this content for triathlon. And that's where it really essentially all came from. And then that's when I guess everything kind of clicked on. I used to do kind of daily vlogs on YouTube and then they were never successful. So as a entrepreneur mindset, I was like, I want more views. I want this to be more successful. What can I do? And then that's where I got up the idea of doing like 24 hours, at essentially a daily vlog with professional athletes. So, you know, and on your, on your website, you know, you have a couple of quotes on there. One's from Casey Neistat and one's from Gary V. So you are like the quintessential uh, student of what they preach, right? Um, yes. I mean, there's a huge quote you have for Gary V, which I love, which is, you know, basically, you know, find something that you love to do every day. Don't worry about vacation. But then the Casey Neistat one is the most dangerous thing you could do in life is play it safe. Um, so it sounds like you've basically taken both of their their knowledge and kind of did it on your own. And um, it's, it's worked out for you so far. Oh, 100%. You know, um, I grew up in a family that had money and a lot of people will sit here and uh, they are like, Oh, he's a trust fund kid. Oh, blah, blah, blah. But something that my dad taught me when I was a little kid is that we can never rely on them. Like we had to pay for our own school. We had to pay for our own car, just like anyone else. Like we had to pay for our own phones, kind of everything. And so like when we're, when we hit 18 years old, our parents are kind of like, Hey, like either hopefully you got money for, or you're smart enough for a scholarship because if not, then it's time for you to get a real job and move on out. Wow. And so it's, it's not like that um, they wouldn't help us. It's that they had high, high expectations for us. And I'm so glad they did because it taught me to love what I do. And I would watch my dad and my dad absolutely loved his job, every bit of it. And it's so cool that actually not one, I come they have eight. There's five boys and three girls. <laughs> so not one of my siblings is working for my dad. And every single one of my siblings is doing something that they are passionate for and that they absolutely love. And that's where I would see where my parents did a successful job at raising us because they kind of taught us like money is not happiness. Like it's, it's doing something that truly brings joy to your heart. 
is where you're going to be happy. So no dollar sign is going to equal to your happiness. So you can go sit in a desk job and work to make 250,000 a year. I guarantee you at the end of the day, if you hate the job, you're going to end up hating it. Right. So it's like versus ultimately if you're going to make ends meet and doing something you absolutely love, then you're going to find a way to make it work and absolutely love every day of it. So what, you know, so when you, you had this mindset of, you know, your, those values that your parents taught you, there was eight of you. So y'all, y'all had to like, um, fend for yourself. And, um, but what, when did it click when you're like, you know, this is software is not for me. I could probably make a living doing something like photography or videography, but you didn't really have a background in that either. Yeah, I didn't. And, you know, I, 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 to this day, I would say that I'm not the best videographer slash photographer. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't even call myself a photographer slash videographer because there's incredible photographers and videographers out there. Sports Spinner, who is a guy out of uh, Europe, who is like, his videos are just absolutely incredible. I mean, like, you would see him and it looks like that George Lucas is producing okay. a triathlon film. And then people like... Uh, Glenn Murray, who is Corrupt Vision, or Wags, or Nils Nelson, all these other Tommies appears that are actual photographers. They are ones that are like art of the sport versus I'm more of like a content creator. Like, let's be real, like my Instagram account, if it was just a bunch of age groupers or no names, sorry, no names, but people that they didn't bring a lot of spark or interest instead of like, when you look at my Instagram account, you're going to see Lionel Sanders. You're going to see Javier Gomez. You're going to see Jan Verdino. You're going to see Miranda Carfrey. And so that's, I'm more of a content creator, content provider where people can, anyone, if I take a picture of an age grouper and post it, and then the same picture of Miranda Carfrey, Miranda Carfrey is going to get a lot more traction because it's right. Miranda Carfrey. So that's, that's where I call myself more of a content creator. And, you know, I think that I, I loved, and I was such a fanboy for the sport and I still am like, I, eat this stuff up day in and day out. Like I absolutely love it. And I told myself when I left my software development job, like I waited till I could make at least 50% of my salary. And I kept hustling and finding side gigs and side jobs. And when I could have made 50% of my salary, I was like, done. Hmm. Let's, 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 let's take it and let's run. Um, and then, so I, I left that position and uh, really kind of just hit the ground running, trying to pick up any little side job or contract job that I could pick up. Cool. So it actually was perfect because I was asking you about, you know, I said videographer, photographer, and you were very humble in saying you're not, although your content is awesome, but you call yourself a media company. So why don't you kind of go down that path? Yeah, you know, that that's more of just kind of, uh, I guess you'd say financial standpoint. Uh, that's the, when brands kind of look at me in my LLC and kind of just, I guess, tax purposes. It's, it's, it's under Talbot Cox Media, which is kind of a name. But I definitely wanted my name to be in there. And, and actually a lot of uh, people in the industry, not only that, but like business owners and that Talbot, that's such a terrible mistake you can make is to have your name and the brand of your company. And, you know, there's a lot of talk, especially in today's uh, digital age and society, is I wanted my name to be in there because my hustle and hard work, I want to put my name and my brand behind that. And so I, I like it to be Talbot Cox Media, mainly just kind of like Talbot Cox. So I, it's, it makes it to where it's pretty hard to get replaced by another company. Let's say that um, Hotshot, just because mm. I'll pick that company. Let's say they hire me to do their stuff. And I also put it on all my social channels as well. And people really know like, ooh, Talbot Cox does their content. 
it makes it a little more personable um, and not only personable, but I provide solid content for them. And then my name is behind it as well for me. If that makes any sense. No, it does. Well, first of all, you got a cool name. So <laughs> thanks. <laughs> uh, you know, it's not Joe Smith or Jason Smith, but also, um, you know, I think the coolest thing is how I kind of found you is, you know, I'd be following some pros on social and everybody, you know, they'll put a little uh, camera emoji and then I'll say camera emoji at Talbot Cox. I'm like, who the freak is this Talbot Cox guy that keeps popping up with all these pros? And yeah. that's, you know, led me to find you that way. So it totally works. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And that's kind of the, the, the name of the game. And some people critique me for it. But, you know, if I can get my name out there and get it branded on everything, then that's my uh, that's 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 the goal. That's the purpose behind kind of like what I'm doing. So. Yeah, the second you see little kids with, uh, you know, flat bill hats that says Talbot Cox on it, then you know you made it in the world. Hey, hey, don't, don't worry. It's coming soon. I'm, I'm dropping some merch in Kona, so stay tuned for that one. Ah, awesome. I was waiting for that. So uh, cool. So let's go down the Kona Road. So you just came back from uh, 70.3 World Champs in South Africa, which uh, I had more fun just following your Instagram stories than, <laughs> than the pictures. Like the pictures were cool, but the stories that you were putting out there was awesome and um so how did you get so do you get invited out there by iron man or the athletes or are you like how does that work man you know i don't i uh no stipulations book my own travel and kind of just get out there and uh, chase the dream and follow the race and provide content for uh people like you and like everyone else who follows along and watches and uh everyone else uh, i mean everyone always asks like how can we help you and as as long as they're following along is the, the only way that helps me is the more people that follow me, the more kind of gigs I pick up. So yeah, I just book it all on my own. And do you, do you get a media pass? I actually don't. There's some uh, kind of stipulations around um, Iron Man. Okay. Uh, just in the, in the regards to like media and film and stuff. And so just kind of, it's just kind of black and white mm -hmm. on there. Um, it's kind of, or I guess kind of gray, any video you record over eight seconds iron man owns the rights to and i'm not saying like i'm trying to like go behind their back no, and stuff, yeah. but it's just like it, it it covers my tail as in when i monetize youtube videos and i'm making ad revenue on my youtube stuff but not only that i'm using kind of like uh putting all my stuff out there i can't get approached one day and, hey you sign on the dotted line for a media pass and you need to pass over all that content because we own it all <laughs> so yeah i just try to cover my uh, rear end like that so you own the content and then, then, but then it's actually the athlete. Is that who you work? Do you work with individual athletes? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'll, 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 for sure. I'll shoot for different companies and stuff. So like, let's say like Lucy Charles, my goal is to get out. I go shoot Lucy Charles for the day and then I'll sell images to specialize. I'll sell images to Red Bull, to Zwift or, or whoever I can sell images to. So usually I'll grab the content and then I'll sell it like kind of one offs to a company. So a good example, again, I'll just, I'll just keep referring back to Hotshot. If I was in Kona and I got some pictures of Craig Alexander wearing hotshot stuff, I could send it to them and be like, hey, do you guys want to buy this? This is your athlete in Kona. Versus, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll spend five, $600 in images versus flying a photographer out, putting him in a hotel, paying for his gas, paying for his day rate, and kind of just like all that stuff. Then it becomes about a five, $6,000 gig versus buying some one-off images of someone that's a good image. So you basically had to figure this out on your own, I'm sure, through trial and error and making some mistakes and asking some people and pissing some people off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 100%, man, 100%. But, you know, that's, that's, that's the mindset of any entrepreneur. You yep. know, you just want to uh, sit back, 
and see where you're failing and um, and kind of just pivot and make it to where it's a successful business. So you're exactly right. I mean, couldn't hit on the head more. Uh, I, I, I've done a lot of trial and error through this to figure out this brand way. Um, I'll, I'll, of course, some races that there's not like a specialized photographer at, I'll shoot that for them for the day and I'll just get a bunch of content to specialized athletes or, or any other company. Um, I'll, sh- I'll shoot for them and just at the end of the day, I'm not working for one company. I'm working for ultimately first the athletes and my own brand. And then second, I'll work for the whatever companies are like needing content and stuff. So you so you built up this good rapport with not only the athletes, but I'm sure some of the companies out there that recognize you and your name and your content and they trust that you're going to do a good job for them. They, they, oh, right. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. At the end of every race that I'm at, uh, they'll get an email knowing first off, I'll just grab the start list and I generated a Excel spreadsheet that I can put in the start list. It get, kicks me back all the sponsors that their athletes are racing that race. I sent out a mass email and I'm like, Hey, my gallery is going to be here shortly after the race. Feel free to use what you want and uh, get in touch if, if you're wanting to purchase an image. And so when that comes and goes, it's basically talbotcox.com slash whatever the hashtag for the race is. So if you type in like, I am 703 Oceanside, you're going to see all the oceans from this year. So that's where they know they can get galleries and content. So you're going to Augusta this week. What brings you, what, What's sending you down there before you go to Kona? Yeah, so Tim and Rennie are wow, racing okay. Ironman 70.3 Augusta this weekend. It's their first time to kind of race three weeks out from Ironman World Championship, but they feel like that they're um, feeling pretty hot, and that would be a pretty good little tune-up. So they did some training and prep through the race, and then uh, they're not going to taper too hard and keep the block going, but then hit it there pretty hard and then start their taper pretty much, I guess, right after that and building into Kona. And I saw, and I don't know if I, um, you were leaving one of one of the three, either Gwen or Tim Marini or Lionel. You said that's going to be the last one you're doing. Did I read that correctly? Hmm. Uh, oh, was it for Gwen Jorgensen? Maybe it was. Yeah, yeah. I think I worded that my a little wrong. No, it was just a big bummer because I had told Gwen earlier in the year when we started the YouTube channel was that. Um, if they had picked a marathon around Kona, I wouldn't be able to go. Oh, got and it. so Gwen picked the Chicago marathon and, um, she brought, she won't hear this, but <laughs> I think I'm going to surprise her. I think I'm going to go to Kona for two weeks. And then the week before the race, I'm going to catch a red eye on Saturday night, fly to Chicago, shoot her race and catch a red eye back to Kona, be back in Kona by Sunday evening. So Holy shit. it'll be, it'll be a little crazy. I don't want to let her down, but, um, that that's still in the works. Still, still, still not a hundred percent sure on that yet. But yeah, she picked to run her marathon, the Chicago marathon, which is October 6th, which is just too close to Kona. And if I wasn't going to be able to make it, then I won't make it. If I do, then I do. Well, that's gotta be so hard for you. I mean, you've been with her from the very beginning and then her big race and you're like, not there. You have to. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it's fortunate. We found some other videographers that can cover the race for us and do that. But I have been able to, um, one thing I do with these athletes is establish trust and boundaries and know. And so like, I'll get up in the morning, I'll be at Gwen's house and I'll know de- depending on what day it is and, and what workout she has. And I can like read her facial expression. Like, is she going to want the camera on her face or not? Like, is, am I going to be able to get the content I need or not? And so I think that's the respect boundaries that they trust versus bringing in on her biggest race, bringing a new videographer. So we've already warned the guy. We've been, just been like, Hey, 
you can't shoot anything before the race. You're just going to shoot the race day and then post race, depending. We'll let you know if we can do an interview or not. That's awesome. So yeah, it's, it, that's, that was kind of that whole deal. So your whole, your whole story just kind of works because of the explosion of social media um, and, and the accessibility that it allows you to do and get, and get this content out there. Exactly, man. You know, I really, really rely on social media. That's something that I've always kind of had a passion for, you know, make a long story short, I actually started the Ironman triathlon Instagram uh, back in 2000, maybe 15 or 14. Ironman World Championship was coming around and I was like, I was new to Instagram and I was like, well, they don't even have an Instagram. So I'm going to make them an Instagram. So I made Ironman try. And uh, I was posting race updates during Kona from Oklahoma City. And I was like <laughs> 16 years old or something like that. I can't even remember. But I was just like so fired up. And then uh, about a year later, after I grew it to about 15,000, 20,000 followers, uh, I got an email. And they were like, uh, who are you? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Can we have our uh, Instagram account? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I think we made a good trade, like $500. And uh they had to give me every Ironman DVD of all the races. So I got like the collector's edition of all the past races. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> That's so funny. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, to make a long story short, I do thrive on social media and Instagram. And that's kind of where I've really used that to elevate um, not only my name and my business, but kind of just like my profession and what I do. And I think that in today's society, every company should be doing that. And if you're not, then you're a fool. Yeah, and I agree, you know, 100%, which is one. That, so my, my podcast that I do has nothing to do with my day job, a um, little different than yours, but I still think you need to be able to put yourself out there as a brand, period, you know, and as a person, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's what I love about following you. You don't hide behind your lens. I mean, you put yourself out there, and especially, like I said, your Instagram stories, in my opinion, are more valuable than some of your awesome pics because you just throw yourself out there. Um, but you also get your athletes to do the same. I mean, Lionel Sanders videos are just beyond awesome to watch, man. Yeah. It's, uh, for sure. I think that everyone should have kind of an established brand and a good little back end story on this is Gary Vaynerchuk, who we spoke about earlier in the podcast. If you never listened to his podcast, you should totally go listen to it or kind of just follow him on socials. The guy's incredible, but he reached out to chase bank maybe in 2010 and was like, let me run your social media accounts. Like, here's a bid. Let me start your Twitter, your Instagram. Let me do all this. And they looked at Gary Vee and they're like, you're an idiot. We are a bank. We, we don't need Instagram and Facebook. Like, that would never benefit anything we ever do. Why would you ever need that? And then actually, he actually announced this earlier this year. They send in a bid for him to run all their socials for Gary Vaynerchuk media to run all their social media accounts. And he's like, and he like posted it all. And he was like, yep, look at, look, look who I'm working with now. And even though I told them X amount of years ago, they needed me. So it's, uh, it, it's pretty cool. And, and, you know, and that kind of points back to Lionel too. I think you look at a bunch of these other athletes um, I won't call out any names, but you look at, there's a, there's a professional female, let's say her, she is one X amount of Ironman. She's won every regional championship you can possibly even think of. Probably one of the most decorated triathletes to ever not win in Kona. And she has 8,000 followers on Instagram. I mean, she is so much more accomplished than Lionel Sanders is yeah. even to this date. 
but it's the fact that Lionel has taken his brand and his self-image and put it out there, and it's going to benefit Lionel in the long run because when that ex-triathlete retires one day, there's no brand name. There's no, there's no, I can represent your brand. I have X amount of followers. I am known. I'm the people span, all this stuff. It's like, I just show up to the race. And there's some people that are different. I mean, there's personalities and different stuff, but I'm just a true believer in, in this kind of industry that we're in. If you want to retire and not work a desk job or go back to work, you should definitely brand build. And plus look at the other industries. I mean, Brett Favre to yeah. the greatest in each sports, they have built a brand around their name. So why shouldn't we? Yeah, and I think uh, especially with our sport because we only see the good things. We only see the guys or females crossing the finish line first. But we like to hear the bad things. I mean, Lionel's video that he did um, after Ultra Blanc where he totally blew up was pretty, you know, pretty awesome. He was just here. It is. Here's what I did wrong, and here's what I got to do to get better. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, that's that's kind of a funny story because I actually just saw an athlete post a professional athlete post. If I do bad in Kona, don't worry. I won't bore you with excuses and why I did bad. You just won't hear from me. Good luck to everyone finishing their Kona block. And I, I saw that and I was like, how pity of you. And not only pity, but jealous of you as an athlete. Totally. Because that's why people love Lionel so much. Because as humans, we will never be perfect. We will always mess up and we will always do something wrong. And as a professional athlete, you are a professional. That is why you're a professional because you can mess up and then that is your goal to fix those things and come out. And that's why age groupers and people like you and me, and not only that day-to-day people can relate so much with Lionel because when he fails, he is not afraid to tell you and he's just like us. And so that's what's so cool about it. When someone else fails, I mean, they just kind of tuck behind the curtains and try to fix those problems, but he is open about it. And that's what makes the difference and what makes people like him so much. Yeah. And I even did that. So I had um, Cody Beals on my show uh, a couple months back and I got him on here because he puts out his uh, budget of a professional triathlete on his blog. And he's done that four years in a row. And he started it with, you know, when he won like one lousy race and he's living off ramen noodles. Um, But that's how he got, the you know the attention the followers that he got by putting himself out there i think a lot more athletes have to do that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for sure for sure cool maybe it's a canadian thing <laughs> <laughs> i guess so i guess so. you know lionel's kind of one in a million he's a, a pretty um a pretty interesting person um so it's like it's it's interesting to see that the difference but there's a lot of people like that too like sebastian keenly is a very, very, I mean, dry humor, like just hilarious, like guy to be around. And there's a lot of them like that. It's just the fact that like how many of them will, will I guess, do it in front of a camera or how many of them will have a camera in front of them where they can do it in front of. Yeah. So Cool. Well, hopefully you will be that guy with the camera in front of all of them. So, uh... <laughs> that's, that, that's the goal this year in Kona is to, is to cover as many, many athletes as I can. So we'll see. Awesome. Well, listen, brother, I want to wrap this up because I know you got a lot on your plate. And I appreciate you coming on. I did have one more quick question. We wrap this up. So is obviously triathlon is where you're making, making your name for yourself, but is there other sports in the, in the future for Talbot Cox? You know, I think there is, I think that I want to start um, a business model, which I'm currently doing right now as all entrepreneurs never want to stop, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the, um, 
my business model is this, and I'll kind of tell everyone. So if you uh, if you are hungry and you're motivated and you love media, you should totally go try to do it. But basically, what I've done is is I've created hype and um, an authentic approach to all these athletes. So Lionel Sanders, I mean, my goal is to freaking have him every day on the slow twitch forum board, which he is every <laughs> single day. And I don't even have to do any through the media that I create and the pictures that we post. He is on that forum every single day. Also, I want Gwen Jorgensen to be the most talked about U.S. runner, even though that she's not even good right now. I want her the most anticipated and talked about runner. And that is my goal is to make those athletes incredible and talked about no matter what. And just basically feed the media, feed the news outlets, feed the people content that brand builds their name. So what I, I, my goal is my business plan is, is to figure out the kinks and the goods and the bads and what works and what doesn't work. And here in the next two to three years, I want to go find someone just like me who's hungry and passionate and is a videographer, but more of a, a passionate person for that sport and have him do the same thing, but for a CrossFitter, for an NFL receiver, for an NBA basketball player, for a Wimbledon player, for a soccer player. And then we'll, we will do the same exact thing, but launch a content pool, feed all the news outlets, media, build a YouTube channel. And then when we go to them and we're like, hey, we'll, we'll do this for 200K a year, 100K a year, then they're just going to be like, what? That's pocket change for us. <laughs> You're telling me you can do this. Okay, sounds good. Here you go. So, but it's it's uh, it's finding out the right model now, out the kinks and making sure that it works. And then I plan to launch that similar to like Gary Vaynerchuk Media. So, be Talbot Cox Media. Awesome, and I can't wait till I see somebody a couple of years from now have a quote from Talbot Cox on their website. <laughs> that would be a dream of mine. <laughs> if you if you ever see that screenshot and send it to me, so I can. Text them, thank you. <laughs> Will do, brother. <laughs> Listen, man, so everybody knows how to find you. You're at Talbot Cox all over social media, TalbotCox.com. And uh, I'm definitely dropping this before Kona so people could follow you for your couple weeks out in Kona and uh, get a really inside look at these athletes and everything that's going on out there. So thanks, man, for coming on. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much for having me. We'll chat soon. You got it. All right, all right, we did it. My conversation with Talbot Cox. Told you a fun conversation. More about being an entrepreneur and following your dreams than it was about uh, photography and videography. So go give Talbot a follow. He's on Instagram, at Talbot Cox. Uh, his website is talbotcox.com and uh, follows YouTube channel as well for more epic videos, especially as we head into Kona. Great week and a half to be following Talbot and seeing all the behind the scenes look of the pro triathletes. All right, that's all I have for you today. This is Jason. You know how to find me on Instagram at jmac underscore tries. Until next week, talk soon.